Welcome to Casa de Confidence, episode 99. Episode 100 is coming quick. Remember to join us next week. But before we get there, Julie sits down with Connie Graff. Connie is a clutter consultant and host of the podcast From Chaos to Peace. Welcome to Casa de Confidence, a podcast for women and some cool dudes going in the direction of their dreams and the confidence it takes to reach them. I'm your host, Julie DeLuca Collins, and your sidekick, handsome hot husband, that again. I am a dreamer, a traveler, a missionary, and risk taker. I am a lover of books, activist, philanthropist, and most of all, we are supporter of people and their dreams. If you stumble into the casa for the first time, welcome. If you've been here before, we're so glad you're back. Grab your drink of choice, settle in, and make yourself at home. Good afternoon, Julie. How are you doing today? I am good. I oh, see well. I see you have some of your credentials out on your desk. Well, because someone was asking me about that, and I forgot who awarded me that. So I took it down, and then I couldn't get it back up on the shelf. Well, don't, I was so proud of you. Don't you, read that. <laughs> I am going to read this. Julie has a trophy here, a plaque. 25 Powerful Minority Women in Business Award presented to Juliana DeLuca by Minority Enterprise Executive Council. Hmm. That's something to be proud about. I am proud of Don't it. Don't read it. Well, I... Really? You know, really? You sound like a dumbass. <laughs> really? I'm giving you props here. I know, but you don't have to you know, do the voice. She sometimes she can't take a compliment. I take a compliment very well, first yes, of all. Second of all, you don't have to make the little voice. You don't like it when I make a voice. <laughs> well, your voice is different than mine. My voice is coming back, though. <laughs> it sounds like you're uh, pretty close to 100%. Almost. You know what helped me um, immensely to start to come back to my own. A sweet, loving husband? Sure, that too. (laughs) (laughs) Wait a minute. You said on your own. I think you got a lot of support from a lot of people. You are correct. I have gotten a lot of love, support, encouragement from a lot of people. Aww. But I did get something very special yesterday. What'd you get? My friend Erica got a promotion. Awesome. And to celebrate, she wanted to treat her nine good friends who she feels have been instrumental in her achieving this goal. Where was my invite? Women. She was inviting women for a spa day. (laughs) (laughs) And we went to... Again, where was my invite? (laughs) Oh, my God, really? So we went to the Eliani Spa, which, by the way, I didn't get to tell you yesterday. But let me talk first about the spa day. Isn't that in Glastonbury? It is in Glastonbury, Connecticut. Very nice. Um, So we went and 
we, they have this gorgeous room. First, it's decorated in my favorite shabby chic Parisian um, Parisian chic decor, which, you know, I totally dig. Is it possible to be Parisian and shabby chic at the same time? Yes. Okay. Anyhow, delightful, beautiful. And we sat around drinking mimosas. And, you know, halfway through, after our first mimosa, they kept giving us, the, the manager of the spa kept coming in. And we're all sitting around this beautiful living room with the fire roaring and having these wonderful mimosas. And he would come in and he would say, oh, do you need a top off of your mimosa? And then at one point, someone's whoa, like. Whoa, 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 whoa. You had me at top off. <laughs> but wait, he's. Oh, wait a minute. What? Someone's Sorry. like. Someone's like, Let, I'm not going to lie. I don't need the orange juice in my mimosa. Just keep the mimosa out of the champagne. Keep <laughs> the orange juice out of the champagne? Yeah, and then all of a sudden, like, it was as if a light bulb went off in everybody's head. And we're like, uh, we'll have what she's having. We'll have the mimosas without <laughs> the orange juice. And by mm. that time, we were all just drinking champagne. Oh, and we, cool. so we all had different treatments. And I went in for my treatment, and when I came out, mm-hmm. everybody was sitting around enjoying their mimosas. And then all of a sudden, they brought this beautiful charcuterie board that we partook mm. of. You know, you're having at least a charcuterie board per week over the last month. You know, it's my brother-in-law, Patrick. He calls them, <laughs> our brother-in-law. He calls them the adult lunchables. he's he's not wrong he's not wrong it's a lot more than a lunchable it's an adult lunchable (laughs) it's a it's a sophisticated lunchable anyhow again adult we had some of that and of course our beautiful friends the talented brown butter provided some desserts yes and then we again yes where was my invitation? <laughs> and then after that, we went to um, our second treatment. And afterwards, we went for happy hour at Max Fish, which we all love, and hung out and had happy hour there. And we were going to go axe throwing, but I have to say, at six o'clock, I was turning into a pumpkin. And I said to Erica, Erica, would you be upset if I leave? And she's like, yes, you have to stay. I'm like, really? Wait a minute. You said there were party poopers there. I didn't realize that you were the party pooper. I was the first party pooper. And she's like, no, no, no. You have to hang out. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. And I'm like, oh, my God. She's asking me to rally. And here's the lesson for everyone. Because we always say yes, not afraid. You know, we're afraid of disappointing other people. Mm -hmm. And finally... I said, Erica, I really don't think I can make it. This is my first real big, big, big outing. And I've already been out for seven hours. This is more than I usually work on a daily basis lately. Mm-hmm. So, so she's like, okay, I'm going to take a poll. And if everybody wants to go still, you can come for a little bit. I'm like, oh, fine. Erica took a poll? Yes. She decided she was going to ask people their opinion. So she said, I know you or no. Then she went to the next person. And the next person's like, well, I'm really tired. I got to get up at four in the morning. 
And that was two no's. Then she went to the next person. The next person's like, well, I'll do what people want, right? Because that's what we well, do. You know, the road to ruin is first asking people's opinions. So, she, you know, Erica's like the Energizer Bunny, and she wanted to keep going. But we were... So, she said, she to her credit, she said, well, Julie is pooping out. And she said no, but anyhow. Fast forward... We, everybody who was going to say yes, just because they felt they needed to say yes, realized that they had the option to say no. Wow. And they said no. And Erica's like, okay, that's fine. So you are a party pooper enabler. I was a party pooper enabler, which you cannot really say about me. Well, you could last night. You could last night. Listen, thanks to COVID, you know, I just have to say, F you, Mm -hmm. COVID. You have made me into a different person. Yep. And I... So she's a she's a early rising... Early rising? Who is rising early? Early, early, early bedding that night. Yeah. Eight o'clock. I'm in bed. What the heck is that about? I, well, I've never well, been in bed by eight o'clock. Well, your husband's been working odd hours lately. Yes. So... Um, so Erica did the next best thing, and she said, all right, I'm going to call the Axe Place and cancel our reservation for tonight, but I'm making a reservation for next Sunday, and we're all going axe throwing. Awesome. I said, okay, we can do that. Cool. So this is the lesson, people. That that is called a compromise. It is called compromise, but more importantly. compromise, Compromise has been a has been a creation of it's it's been redefined as of late in the last 20 30 years Co- compromise has been made into a dirty word but like you're not. giving something up yeah, it's not it's actually a, a very compromise good word. you're 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 giving but you're mm-hmm. also receiving correct so yeah that's a good it's compromise a good but i have more to talk because there's a, you and i have been sort of ships in the night and we haven't really talked a lot um Let's see. So, yeah, so that happened. Then the other thing, too, that happened this week is my group mastermind, the Shine and Thrive, which I've been a part of. Um, I am not a part of this month or this quarter. Um, I stepped away because I had to say yes to some things and no to others. I um, did get invited to come to a meeting they had on Wednesday because they were having an Enneagram expert. And I have taken the Enneagram test. I am more familiar and definitely a fan of the DISC personality profile, but I wanted to find out more because I have my little Enneagram test thing, and you know, I am an Enneagram 7, and I know that I asked you if you remember what your Enneagram was, and you said you didn't remember. I'm a 3. You're not a 3. I was just taking a number, taking a, a stab. 3 is the achiever. Uh, let me see. Um, let me see the... Now, I am... A You're a helper or loyalist. Type up a type two. Scroll down. Uh, we're, we're, sorry, people. Scroll down. And I I am actually a type nine. Type nine, the mm-hmm. peacemaker. Yeah. You have to take the test. You can't just say and look at. I the, guarantee I'm a peacemaker. You should. That's take why the test. I was chosen at my last job for several councils and. No. Yeah. It doesn't work like that. That's how I... <laughs> it does not work like that. Whatever. But I am a type... I am a seven. 
which is the enthusiast. But the way that I say that again, enthusiast. Shut up. Who asked you? (laughs) He's making fun of me. She's very enthusiastic. Yeah. But But here is. Okay. Okay. I'm going to read one thing about the seven. Read one more thing and then we're going to get to our guest. Yes, but I'm going to read my personality. Generally, sevens are excitable, spontaneous, curious, optimistic, eager, outgoing, except last night, future oriented, adventurous, variety seeking, quick and talkative. Oh my God. That's you? Yeah. Oh my God. You're a. You're a puppy. Hold on. (laughs) Wait. Sevens get into conflicts by being scattered, distracted, restless, impatient, thrill-seeking, escapist, overextended, irresponsible, demanding, excessive. Again, you're a puppy. At their best, sevens are appreciative, bountiful, thoughtful, accomplished, Versatile, receptive, grateful, content, quiet, and passionate. A puppy after it grows up. Oh, my God. Fine. So, I'm a seven-wing eight, which is... I don't know why I'm getting... An eight is the challenger. Cool. So... That's very... No, no, no. That's a very apt description of you. Yeah. The one thing that I always think about when I think of being a seven... constantly feel challenged by you. (laughs) The one thing I think about as being a seven. I'm kidding, folks. Okay, is that I suffer from FOMO. And that's one of the things that I have to really fight. Now, there is a book called Personality is Not Permanent. And the thing for me is that although I really like personality tests, right? And they tell you these things. Mm-hmm. When we shift our thoughts and when we learn to manage our mind, we can definitely overcome some of the traits and personalities that don't serve us. So for instance, for me, when I look at this, you know, the seven's getting to conflict by being scattered, distracted, restless. I had to really learn, right, to fight some of these tendencies for me, being impatient with others. And and I'm not perfect at it by far, which leads me to one last thing I did want to talk about because I did not really, I, I, I want to use this as a, as, as, um, a moment, and if you are part of my Confident You Facebook group, you saw me tell this entire story. But basically, I made a mistake. There's a place in my life where I did not show up great. Okay. And I struggled with that, and I really lived in the shame of that for a long time. And I decided after telling the story to somebody, which uh, I was interviewed for a podcast, I guess, Thursday night, and I told the story. And after telling the story, it was like, as if like, first of all, I had never talked about it. And all of a sudden, this all light was shed into the story that has been in this little hidden away trunk of my heart. And it was healing. And I know that I've done a lot of work to change and evolve from the person that I was that made that mistake. But I decided yesterday that it wasn't just good enough to, you know, live with like, okay, I'm a better person now. Yay. But I needed to make things right. And I made amends. So if you want to check out the entire story, go to the Confident You Facebook group and you can watch my video about it because I don't want to repeat the story here. I want you to come and tell me a little bit of what you think. 
that's kind of neat because I think about our subconscious and how um, we can get that subconscious self to come to the surface mm-hmm. instead of hiding and burying and, and, and packing stuff in and closing it down. There's certain ways like you were being interviewed in a podcast. And that stuff came from your subconscious, came to the surface, and you became aware of it, and you dealt with it. And that's cool. So I, I, I think that's a, a neat little thing. That's cool. Yeah, so so I, I really felt uh, really good about it. But I also want people to learn, and I want people to hear that the power is not in changing necessarily, but the power is in normalizing the behavior that we feel shame over and allowing others to learn from our story so that they, Mm -hmm. if they have gone through something similarly, they know that they're not alone, you know? And I know that I have learned that because I have seen other people make mistakes and say, Hey, I was an asshole. And then therefore it allows me to say, Oh, I'm an ass too. And overcome that. Sometimes you just have to say those words because they make they're the only words that really bring home yeah. the point. Shifting your brain and creating new thoughts for yourself creates the new behavior. Mm. And you have to ask yourself how you want to feel in circumstances, which leads me to our guest today, Connie. Connie and I met through a podcasting group. I was on her podcast and she is doing some wonderful work and totally understands the power of managing your mind. And um, we had some great times talking about the life coach school and, and you know, her, her training and her background and how she is making an impact, not only for herself, but in the lives of others and helping the, helping them go from chaos to peace, whether it be in their physical environment or the chaos that could be going through your brain. I know. It, it, and I know she says, what's your head is free and clear that, Clutter. You can be free to address other things in your life. Yeah. I I like how she refers to battling your clutter monsters. Mm. And we have some monsters in our house lately. Clutter monsters? <laughs> yes. They're basically they're they're not just monsters. They're gaiju level monsters now. Why you have to bring up stuff that I don't understand? What the heck is gaiju? Oh my god, you said it so well. I know, I, I, you know, frosh. Gaiju is Japanese. Mm. Big monsters like Godzilla. like Godzilla and mm. Mothra. Those are gaiju. Those are, yeah. Yeah, we're having a situation Huge since monsters. I've been sick. There is currently a sink in our guest bedroom. Really? There's a sink in our guest bedroom that she rarely goes into except to go to her closet. Yet. Last week, there's a pile of rocks in our front yard that are no longer in the front yard. No, we so did the we rocks. Are, we are nipping away a little I never time. said we weren't nipping away. But, but yes. my bandwidth to do some stuff physically the walk. and all this stuff is a little, you know, even the spa day was exhausting for me. Come on. Of course. Yeah. A little, little time. And, you're, and you've been working a lot. So, so you know, we were, but hey, that sink. But yes, we have grown to have gaiju level monsters and one is the sink i got this sink top and i need to do a little cabinet making to to bring the vanity up to snuff in mm-hmm. our in our bathroom first of all i'm six six 
hey, normal vanity is not tall enough for me. Hmm. So I'm going to customize the vanity and yes. do a little woodworking and, you know, get a little handy dandy and get that done. And hopefully it will be done before my mama gets here in 18 days. And she'll, eight what? Yeah, my mom arrives in 18 days. 18 days? Yeah. It's official? She's coming? Yeah, she has a ticket. <laughs> wow. Hey, I found it out here, guys. Oh, sorry. Did and I ladies tell you, and gentlemen. Did, did I not mention that before? <laughs> you did not mention that. Because we've been to ships in the night. No, did that's I not fine. Say we... Me and your mom are going to go out for Utsaf Indian cuisine. No. Yeah, we are. Okay, enjoy it. In good health. I know. And Julie doesn't like Indian foods. Yeah, that's the one cuisine. But me, I don't me, it's it's a time on. for me and Julie's mom to go yeah, and have my a mom meal loves together. Dan. So anyway, babies love loves, Dan. She loves all her boys and girls. Yeah. Anyway, babies love Dan. Babies. Well, I'm childish. <laughs> I was gonna say childlike, but I'm gonna go childish. <laughs> I remember anyway. when my nephew was one, and I was so excited, and I would pick him up, and he would be like, whoa, oh, and then he would look at Dan and say, oh, hi. Oh, great. Yeah. Knock yourself out. So anyway, Julie. Yes. Connie Graff. Without further ado, here she is, the incomparable and my wonderful, amazing friend that I am so proud of to have connected with. From Chaos to Peace, Connie Graff. Today with me, I have the pleasure of speaking to Connie Graff from Chaos to Peace. Connie, I am so thrilled that you are here. Why don't you tell us a little bit about you and what you do and who you are and where you came from? We'd love to learn more about you. Thanks, Julie. And it's such an honor to be here. Thank you so much for the invitation. Yeah, so who am I? That's a loaded question. Um, I am a Swiss girl, so originally from Switzerland, but living in Vancouver, Canada mm. since 2003. Um, I, I am a nature girl. So if, if you want to know anything about me, you know, like I love living on acreage. What I do mm. here now, I have horses, dogs, cats, chickens, ducks. I wake up in the morning and my ducks are laughing at me, which makes me happy. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, and, uh, and I help people, you know, like the, the short, the short version is like, I help people declutter and organize their life, but, but it's, I don't like the word declutter so much. So <laughs> what I actually do is I help people, um, decide what is important in their life Ooh. and then focus on that and and then the rest that clutter that chaos will fall away and this is true for physical clutter it's true for digital clutter often mm -hmm. too it's true for mental clutter which is one thing that um i think we all suffer <laughs> from oh, mental clutter absolutely. And this is one clutter that I suffered a lot from. And I still kind of like, I'm like, we are all mm -hmm. on the journey anyways, all our lives. But I mean, if something trips me up, then it's mental clutter. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think that there is no matter how organized or precise or um, minimalist you are, I think that there's always going to be an area of your life that you're looking to improve upon. 
And mental clutter, that's certainly something that from time to time, I have to go back and check myself because I think that um, there are those areas in which um, parts of my brain, maybe if I am not vigilant, I end up um, struggling with. And that's Mm. why for me, the mind work and really being able to manage our mind is so important. And that really aids to how well we show up in different parts. But I want to unpack some of the stuff that you said. First of all, you live in one of my favorite cities in the world, Vancouver, Canada. Mm. I have been skiing up in Whistler Mm. and um, it's probably one of the funnest times that I've had. And I've visited Vancouver at other times as well. I've been to uh, Victoria Island as well. And it's a terrific place. So how did you end up in Vancouver from (laughs) Switzerland? (laughs) Yeah, well, thanks to my uncle. So the Uh brother of my dad who lives here since 1969 or 68. I may get this wrong a little bit. Um, So he he moved to Canada first. Well, they went him and his wife, they went first just for a one year uh, thing, which you did back then a lot. You went a year abroad. And mm-hmm. so they went to Montreal in the That's East Coast cool. of Vancouver. And then before they went home, they took a trip across country with their car and ended up in Vancouver and thought, oh, this is beautiful. Let's just stay here for a bit longer before we go mm-hmm. home. And over 50 years later, (laughs) they're still staying a bit longer. (laughs) And when I went through my accounting degree, um, they were having a big party in Switzerland. And he he got the commitment and the promise out of me that I will come and visit. And I'm eternally grateful (laughs) because finally I did go and visit. And I still remember to this day, we, he came and picked me up at the airport and we drove to his house and somehow I just felt so at home. And mm-hmm. Don't ask me why, but I was just like, oh, this feels like home. Oh, that's <laughs> so amazing. You that's know, how I ended up here. <laughs> I, I, um, I actually have a cousin that lives in Geneva. And mm. my husband and I got to spend some time. So that is the only part of Switzerland. I still want to go to Zurich. You're from Zurich, right? Yeah, from the Zurich area. So just uh-huh. like yep. suburbs of Zurich, yes. And yeah, and that's the German part of Switzerland. Mm-hmm. Geneva is the French part it's of Switzerland, French. which yep. is in a way quite different. Well, it's similar, but still quite different. Yeah, I think people don't language. realize. Yeah, different languages and, yeah. and even the little nuances within culture. And I think that yeah. I have seen this in Canada as well, that yeah. even within the different provinces, there's... Mm-hmm. You know, it's still Canada, but there's some little yeah. slight nuances. But uh, I think you guys have that too in the States. No, oh, for like, sure. For sure. You go from the know, south to the north to the Pacific yeah. Northwest to yeah. Texas, which I think is an all land by itself. <laughs> <laughs> but but I always hear too that New Yorkers are uh, kind of like uh, yes. uh, people we, on their own. We, so. are, are, we are own, and I call myself a New Yorker because. It, it really has been the one constant in my life. Um, but yeah, it, we, we're certain kind of people. And, I, and what I tell people is that if you ever visit New York, um, you're either going to love it or you're going to hate it. There really is no in between when it comes to New York City, especially the city. The New York State part, um, it's it's so dif- different and from place to place, but it's it's a beautiful state. It has everything. Um now you you I mean, you said you had horses. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I love the idea of having horses. I keep telling my husband, um, I need a horse. He grew up with horses mm-hmm. and he rolls his eyes and says, no, we don't have enough land, which to me, a city girl, I think we have <laughs> a big enough yard, but apparently it's not big enough for a horse. <laughs> How many horses do you have? Well, I have, I always say I only have two right now. I used to have more, but now mm-hmm. it's two and they're seniors. They're with me since 2004. So oh, wow. they're part of the family and they kept me sane during the pandemic too. I bet. <laughs> I bet. Horses are, you know, like I, I, I have dogs, but I had a horse when I was little. I used to ride in El Salvador and horseback riding. You know, horses are majestic animals and they have such a, uh, um, I want to say intuitiveness about people. Do you mm. find that? Yeah. They're healers. Healers. Yeah. They're healers. They also, they mirror um, your state. So if you're mm. like, if you're, you can't fool a horse. So if you're just in a hurry or if you're not doing good, the horse picks up on it right away. And um, that's why a lot of like leadership training mm-hmm. is done with horses. That's why a lot of, healing work or um i don't know the exact word right now it's flipped my mind but with disabled people like mm-hmm. mentally disabled people mm-hmm. physically disabled people they, they work there's lots of programs that work with people with horses and people like that mm-hmm. because they're healers yeah um yeah and so that's why i'm saying they kept me sane <laughs> You know, that's incredible. Tell me a little bit about what what are some of the things that that uh, as you walk through the pandemic and being in lockdown and and what what was that like and how do they keep you sane? Yeah. So, yeah. um, First of all, when the world was shutting down, I was in Switzerland. Oh, wow. And um, and from here, from North America, uh, it always looked like it, it was worse in Europe than it was here. Mm-hmm. But when I went to Switzerland, it didn't like that was end of February 2020. It didn't look like it would be a problem. So I come to Switzerland. The first week I was there, I was supposed to be there for four weeks. So I was there the first week. Nothing seemed to be really a problem. That was end of February, beginning of March. And then the second week, that was like, what was that? The 15th of March when every, was when everything shut down. So just mm-hmm. the week before, it started to get weird. And I'm getting this gut feeling. Like, I have a... Um, if, if my ego doesn't get in my way, I have a very strong intuition. Mm-hmm. So I got this intuition and gut feeling. I have to get home. Mm-hmm. I have to get a flight. I have to get going. And everybody around me said, you're nuts. No, and just relax. And it's no, no big deal. And all is fine. And... And I'm like, no, no. And then, and then Wednesday, I decided, okay, this is, I need to go. I, I need to. And so I was on the phone, was very stressful, got a flight back that was scheduled for Sunday. And I flew back. And while I was basically flying back, the world was <laughs> shutting down. I mean, wow. it was crazy. And I still think like if I wouldn't have had this, um, this gut feeling, I don't know what would have happened. Mm-hmm. I would have been safe in Switzerland because that's where my brother lives. So I would have been okay, but I don't know what would have happened with the horses and everything. So oh, that wow. was, was my main concern. So then I flew back and, and then like, who, like, if you remember back, who could believe it? We all thought, well, yeah, we shut down for two weeks and then the world Oh, that's back. exactly what we thought. I still remember because everybody told me, oh, you're coming from Europe. You have to isolate yourself for two weeks. And I'm like, I don't care. I isolate for two weeks. I'm so glad I'm back. Yeah, of course. (laughs) And with my horses. 
And yeah, here we are 18 months later, or even I think it's soon 19 months later. I I keep losing count. Um, I actually had a doctor's appointment earlier and it was a yearly physical. And we Mm -hmm. were going through all these different questions and catching up because it's been more than a year since I've seen her. And I I just kept thinking, wow, Mm -hmm. how has the world changed? And You know, I, I certainly couldn't have imagined, and but I'm so glad that you listened to your intuition. Do you feel that people um, tend to have the opportunity to listen more to their intuition but ignore it? Yeah, I think a lot of people ignore it, and, and I do sometimes too. I mean, and I think we all had that experience when something goes wrong or sideways. It doesn't even have to be a big thing. And we say to ourselves, I knew it. Mm-hmm. Why? Like, why did I say yes when I wanted to say no? Or why did I say no when I wanted, whichever, whichever version, yeah. no? And, but I think it's also because we often, I don't know how you grew up, but I grew up like Switzerland is very left brain, very structured, very right. analytical, very don't show your feelings. Yeah. <laughs> don't talk about your feelings. Don't feel your feelings either. <laughs> help it and um and and so we kind of didn't grow up trusting this inner voice and I always had it and I always noticed that when I listen things go good (laughs) or or at least I'm warned I was often warned by my by my inner feelings and and I could prevent certain things and I think a lot of people don't do that a because we're we're never we're never encouraged. We're never taught. We don't, we don't, I think we grow up like when we are born and when we're little kids, we know, mm-hmm. but then if we get shut down yeah. by the world around us and, and I'm not blaming anybody because they probably all didn't know better either. Like right, we're right. slowly learning to know better. Um, but so they they didn't know better either. Um, or they had no time or they were stressed out and they didn't take it serious. And, um, and then you learn to not listen to that. And yeah, so but I think maybe the pandemic even helped a little bit um, changing that. Also, mm-hmm. I think the times we are in right now, we're more open talking about intuition. We're more open talking about um, this soft stuff rather than just all the analytical. I mean, you came from corporate too. I was in corporate. Uh, Don't talk about feelings <laughs> or anything. Yeah, there. Feelings, feelings are one of those things that are very um, difficult. And you know what? Um, here's our... our I have to say, Yogi, stop it. <laughs> he has to make an appearance in the podcast. He has decided that he is going to be an active participant. Yeah, um, that's so good. He's, he's scratching. <laughs> I don't know if you can hear him. I can so, hear him. Yeah. Yeah, I was wondering. <laughs> it's, and he does it not in the carpet, but he does it in the hard part of the floor. So he, yeah. He's trying to be a part he's of confirming that we need to listen to our feelings. More. Yeah, he, he's actually probably mad at me because, like I said, I was out of the doctors and I went to work out this morning. So typically I'm home mm-hmm. and maybe I run out for a little bit, but I've been gone for the majority of the day. So he's like, <laughs> where have you been? Now I'm going to make yeah. noise. Mm-hmm. Um, you're, you're right, though. I think that there's a lot of people that, um, you know, it, it's we we get that passed on from our families, right? It's how they were brought up. And it comes not only when it comes to intuition, but I think like our mindset and the way that we mm-hmm. tend to to view yeah. things. You and I are very aligned um, in which uh, we are like-minded 
Um, you are in life coach school scholars. Is that correct? Yes. Double. Yeah. No, not, not double diamond, but diamond. diamond. Oh, well. <laughs> I wish I was a double diamond. But a well, diamond. Tell me a little bit about what your journey has been like and how did you um, start with uh, scholars? And for those of you who don't know, life coach school is uh, was founded by Brooke Castillo and Brooke Castillo um is an amazing individual. That's who I have learned so much from. She trained my mentor, Corinne Crabtree, and I follow both of them. And you and I sort of align because you are part of that universe. So tell me a little bit about your journey. Yeah. So I'm a podcast junkie. (laughs) I'm producing (laughs) podcasts and listening to podcasts. And it's funny because I think Brooke was as a guest on a James Wedmore's podcast. And, but where I actually clued off was when Corinne Crabtree was at Amy Porterfield's podcast. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> talking about weight loss and whatever, because Corinne Crabtree is Amy Porterfield's weight, weight loss, loss coach. Yep. yep. Absolutely. I and met then, Amy at, at an event with, with Corinne. So yeah. Yeah. And then, and so then, and then I remember, and I thought, wait a second, Corinne talks about Brock and Brock isn't Brock the one that I heard on James <laughs> So Then I started listening to, to Brooke's podcast, the Life Coach School podcast. Mm-hmm. And it just blew my mind because like I said earlier, I mean, one of the clutter that I suffer the most in my life is mental clutter. Mm. And um, so what Brooke talked about was just mind blowing. And then just before the pandemic, um, my life kind of fell apart in um, in 2019. And that's when I decided, okay, I, I can't do this by myself. I know already my brain is, is just going to get me in a place where I don't want to be. So I need help. So I signed up for the Life Coach School mm-hmm. in August 2019. And uh, it has been amazing. I, um, like I said, the horses got me through the pandemic, but Brooke and her work got me through the pandemic just to to realize that your thoughts create how you feel and then it creates your reality, you know, and it doesn't mean you always feel great. One of my favorite sayings from Brooke is everything is 50-50. So even if you reach your dream goal, life is still 50-50, meaning 50% of it is awesome and 50% is going to suck. So (laughs) I agree with you. And just to realize that this is how life is and not constantly judging ourselves. Mm -hmm. But if you would talk with the coaches that I get coached on, because we get coaching every week in Brooke's um, Mm -hmm. program, which is really awesome. (laughs) You will hear that every week. Connie comes and says, I'm judging myself for. (laughs) So, but I think like just the awareness to catch yourself that you judge yourself again and then redirect your brain. This is this is this is what the work is. And uh, it's amazing. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Sorry about that. UPS it. is here now, of course. Yeah. All right. I'm sorry. So take it from <laughs> hold on. Sorry. I can't believe this is happening. This never happens. Sorry. Yogi. Don't worry. Yogi, you in or out? <laughs> I am Laugh. so sorry. I can't believe it happened. Oh. Laugh. 
laugh. It's all good. It's all good. <laughs> laugh. It's all good. It's, it's all good. <laughs> okay. Did I, I don't know if I told you, um, he's been a little nervous, I think. Mm. So he, um, we had him taking medication mm-hmm. and then uh, his liver was uh, elevated, his liver enzyme. Mm-hmm. So we took him mm-hmm. off the medication. So he's been like, I think his brain is like, what is going on? <laughs> He needs he needs the model and Brooke's deal. He needs the model. I know he needs to model his brain. Um, <clears throat> so you were talking about your awareness and mental awareness, mm. and um, so maybe take it back from there. And if not, yep. we'll just edit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the power of editing. Yeah, the power of editing. No, so uh, awareness, I feel like is um is so important, and in this in the stressful world we have today, mm-hmm. um, which everybody talks about, which is, uh, <laughs> I think we're like if you would go with Brooks model, you would say, yeah, this is just a thought, and it's it might not thought. be true, <clears throat> but we get sometimes in this frenzy, and we think things are a certain way, or or we have to do things a certain way, or we have to, and we have to, we have to, and just the awareness that this craziness is going on in our brain and that we actually have the power to change it. Uh-huh. It's, and it's not easy. Let me tell you, I always joke and say to people, if you struggle with physical clutter, I can help you. It's so easy. <laughs> the, the hard part is the mental clutter. The mental clutter, I think, and in, in, I think that a lot of people, and I, and I say this on the podcast a lot, um, many people don't realize that there's mental clutter in their brain. Mm-hmm. because they've been living with it for so long. Mm-hmm. And although that's creating a lot of discomfort for them, the c- discomfort is sort of like that frenemy. It's the familiar. It's the so familiar. that's kind of how, how I see it for myself. You know, it's like, it's familiar. You're so used to living in this beat up negative and you may not even clue off that it's negative like absolutely <laughs> you just think it's the truth that's how it is you're not realizing and and it's so familiar that when you're trying to do something new then um it's so unfamiliar and so uncomfortable even though it technically would be more comfortable no to think uh-huh. positive thoughts but it's uncomfortable because it's unfamiliar <laughs> so that's right that's kind of <clears throat> Um, the, the that's, issue. that's when our brain starts to go with danger danger this is new I don't think I like it but it really is good for us right and it really is something that is freeing but it takes a lot of time and process to be able to do that um, when you work with clients and when you're working with individuals and helping them clear some of that mental clutter and you know I love um, the name of your brand from chaos to peace but it's not like flipping a switch it's a process Tell us a little bit about what you do in your process in working with individuals. Yeah. So they often come because they do have physical clutter. <laughs> and I always joke and say, if you wanted to know how to clear physical clutter, you Google it. I just looked the other day. I think it was 15, 50, five, zero, 50 million hits when I put in, how do I declutter? So oh. it's not that we can't find any information how. You know, mm. the, the, the harder part is to get our brain on board. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I talk, when I help my clients, or we, we're talking about, well, what's going on in your brain? So why mm-hmm. can't you? And, and there is several different um, 
obstacles that people um, come across, like some are so scared to give something away because they think if they give it away, they will need it tomorrow, even though they haven't used it and they haven't needed it in years. But if they give it away now, they kind of will need it tomorrow. It's that scarcity mindset. Um, Others, um, they just feel like, oh, I have no time. They don't realize how much time actually all this stuff, whether it's physical, whether it's um, digital, whether it's mental clutter actually takes from them and how much time they would gain. And, you know, I also come from finance and I can always throw into like you're wasting and losing a lot of money too um, with all this clutter. So it's just like we're walking through this and it's it's very individual with every single client I'm also working very intuitive so like when I listen to somebody like I just had yesterday a phone call, uh, a coaching call with somebody and she was struggling with some paper clutter and she was telling me about that and I'm like listening to her and I'm like I know it's not about the paper you know and it's often it's really not about the paper so I'm like your brain is tricking you and so it's it's Again, awareness and being on to our mind and what is our mind telling us? So you, for example, have an item in your, like you have a lot of clutter in your home and it's, we would have to define clutter and that could be a longer um, conversation, but it's Mm -hmm. definitely something you don't love and you don't use. Like if, why do you have it then? So then it's just hanging around in your house and we all have to a certain degree things that we don't use a lot or we don't (laughs) use and we don't love. But if it starts to take over, it starts to have an effect on our brain. It stresses us out. There's lots of studies about that. So when you have this, just the awareness. So, okay, why can I not let this go? Or why do I, I often talk about boundaries too, or how this stuff brings us certain safety, maybe, or comfort, even though it's uncomfortable. It's like just the thought we talked about all this stuff gives us a certain comfort. We think like, oh, we're safe because we have all this stuff. So nothing can happen. Yeah. And so it's, it's very individual how you start working with the client and it's so much more, it's never about the item like the item itself it's the whole story and the whole mental clutter and often also emotional clutter that we have behind it and that people never question like we said also with mental clutter we sometimes don't even know we have mental clutter we should think that's how the world is and that's how my situation is and this is the same thing well I just have to keep this or I you know and so it's um it it goes so much deeper I, I think that, you know, one of the work that I have done for myself, and I am by no means any type of perfection when it comes to clutter, I think that there's always an area that I'm like, oh my gosh, this is getting out of control. But I have found that I am looking for a level of um, security when it comes mm-hmm. to, you know, the things that I hang on to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I place a lot of meanings and I'm making it mean yeah. more than it really is. And that's a little bit of the process when, you know, my dad died. um, He was very meticulous prior to him passing. Hmm. He decided and he all throughout his life, he never liked clutter. He was in the military, so he was very precise. Mm -hmm. I used to at one point make fun of him because his closet was like so organized and his hangers would be like, 
half an inch apart from each other, all everything color coordinated. And the more that I get older, I tend to go in that direction. Um, but I, when he died, he really got rid of everything, um, gave away everything. And I think he had the one suit he wanted to be buried in. And he had really like papers, gotten rid of papers. He sent packages to everyone with pictures mm-hmm. and things that he wanted people to have. Um, and I, I remember thinking I could never go through my stuff while I'm alive mm-hmm. and then, um, get rid of it, Yeah, get rid of everything. And I, and, and, and I've been really, it's been six years and I keep going back to that notion that, mm-hmm. um, we can't take anything with us. And what, you know, the love that we have for people, the memories that we have, are not because we bought this little tchotchke somewhere or because we have the t-shirt. And I know people sometimes buy a mug of all the places they visit, yeah. um, but the memories are not held there. And, yeah. and I've been working through that. Um, yeah. So, so I, I want to say two things. So what a gift from your dad that he did that, that he took yeah. care of his own stuff. Just imagine, mm-hmm. like I often say, it's so hard. So somebody passes on and then the relatives who are in so much grief have to go through all this stuff, mm-hmm. which is often clutter like but right. then you 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 feel you feel so ambivalent whether or not you can let it go or not so right. what a gift that he did that so my grandmother did that too mm-hmm. and I only realized that later I didn't like I admired her for it so she t- turned herself into a nursing home herself oh, when wow. she felt like okay now I'm starting to um slow down in life and she was still in good health but she said I want to move now into that place when I'm still good and when it's not an emergency and I felt that was such a uh, an uh, I don't know I, I admired her and I said the longer the older I get the more I admire her and so she did that too so for her she was then in that nursery home she didn't really have a lot of stuff anymore that we had to take care of what a blessing yeah. you know Contrary to my mother, when she died, she had lived 40 years in that house and never got rid of anything. And we're like, for two years, we're kind of, (laughs) yeah, Yeah. so that. And then the other thing is too, is like, yeah, we hear this a lot. Oh, you can't take anything. We hear it, but I don't think we really get it until you are in the situation. And this is another thing that I learned. And that's also the pandemic um, taught me Mm -hmm. is that. When you look at something from the outside and then you decide, oh, I could never do this. How can you say that? Because you don't know when you're in the situation, you might think completely different. And your dad might have thought, I don't want to leave this up to my loved ones. I don't want to leave this up to my daughter to have to clean up all this, this stuff. So what an act of love from your dad. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I, um, I had a lot of mixed feelings, right? Because there was, when I walked into his room and things were gone, it's like, oh. but then like there's certain things that I didn't have to worry, like what would he want? Or, yeah. and I think that that was a lot of peace of mind and that was really a gift. And I think that um, if anything, it was an act of bravery as well. Yeah. And not to say that, you know, we are all in the same spot, but I do believe oh. that um, we, we need to continue to work through through that and the most important thing that we can clear of is to find peace is to really begin to sift through 
you know, what are your thoughts telling you about your environment, about the things that are around you? And, and when you talk, when you talk about like the, the other part was when you talk about the things that you get or that are left over from somebody who passed on, mm-hmm. like, I'm not, I'm not saying you have to just get rid of it all. Right. But how much are you honoring somebody by having boxes and boxes and boxes right. of those stuff in your basement or in your garage oh for sure for sure it's not so i always encourage them to rather have something that is somewhere in their life that Mm -hmm. reminds them that brings them positive memories because the like in the beginning it's just hurt like my dad died when i was 20 so Mm -hmm. i mean he's gone now for 23 no 33 years it's crazy i'm old (laughs) i I always say i'm living on (laughs) bonus time He didn't get as old as I am. I live on bonus time. But so I have a few things from him. I have something he gave me when he was already sick. And um, I have other things from him. And they're all displayed in my home. So when in the beginning, it's all pain, pain, pain. But the, the longer it goes, you start, luckily, our brain starts to focus on mm-hmm. the good things. And so when I see these I remind, it mm-hmm. reminds me of the good things. And this is how I honor him. So he's part of my life still, even though he's not here. And this is, this is kind of like, <clears throat> and it's a journey to get there. I totally understand right. for people uh, who just lost somebody. You don't go from today to tomorrow to feel this way. Right. We can take little baby steps to get there. And, yeah. and baby understand. steps are great. Baby mm-hmm. steps are great. Thank you for sharing that story, Connie. I, I know that, you know, with my dad, I actually wear a ring that mm-hmm. he gave me and yeah. he gave it to me when I was 20, uh, mm-hmm. 21. I turned 21 when he gave it to me. And it's probably one of my most important possessions. Yeah. And when I wear it, I look down on my hand and I wear it on my right hand and mm-hmm. I look at it and I'm writing and I always think of him. Um, and it's, it's, it's definitely a gift. And I think that um, we need to take a look at how, because in our relationships, when we have mental clutter, physical clutter, digital clutter, it does affect our relationships as well. Have you found that to be yeah. the case? Oh, yeah, it's, it's, it, it has a ripple effect because and, and I think the so I'm no scientist, but I, <laughs> I love to geek out on that stuff. I, I'm so, with you. <laughs> so there is all these studies that actually show now that a chaos around us um, stresses us out. And then the stress, what are the effects of stress? We all know it. When we're stressed, we're short with our loved ones. So it definitely has an effect on the relationship. No, we're we're not showing up our best. So it has an effect on our business too. We're not showing up at our best. And most of all, we're not showing up at our best for ourselves either. You know, I often say decluttering is self-love. And I don't mean it just in this, um, kumbaya way but I mean it like really in a practical way if you reduce your stress in your life yeah, that's actually the physical clutter that's something that you can do for your health that mm-hmm. you can you can do for your mental health but also for your physical health because um I think I read a study and I forgot now from what university, but they were saying that a lot of stress creates heart disease and, um, and uh, you have um, um, 
how you say that, the stomach uh, issues you have, it, all kinds of like your whole nervous system is on alert yeah. all the time, which um, we know that when, so from the fight, fight and flight reflex from our ancestors, when they had to run away from the table, table to tiger, um, we're, that always that comes up. So when our, when our body is in this um, fight or flight, in this stressful um, state, it shuts down everything that is not important. So it shuts down certain things. So yeah. Um, just because we talked about Corinne Crabtree, um, it also has an effect on our body weight. Oh, for not sure. Because we're not eating healthy when we're stressed out. We're less I, I agree with you. You know, it's it's very interesting. Um, I have been through the process of losing weight through the No BS program and through the pandemic, I gained some of it back. But mm-hmm. And there were multiple different things that I've been able to identify. But one of the things that I noticed... Um, and this happened at the beginning of the summer. And it, I mean, obviously it's been more than a year now, but in the summertime, I realized, huh, my pantry is a mess. Mm-hmm. Like my pantry is a disaster. Yeah. And typically, and, and I, I have a little motto that I, I say in my home and it drives my husband crazy. But my motto is, is a happy house is a, is a tidy house and a tidy house is a happy house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and <clears throat> our pa- our pantry had gotten out of control because mm-hmm. I had bought, uh, you know, obviously going into, into lockdown, I bought tons of food. Mm-hmm. There were tons of stuff there. And of course, um, then we were doing, um, we were doing thrive market. So they, they send us food and, mm-hmm. and I realized so we're that, not starving. <laughs> no, we weren't starving, but I, I couldn't even open some of the shell because it pulls out. Yeah. Right. And I thought, this is a stressful thing for me. No wonder I've gained weight because yeah. I can't see what I have mm-hmm. when I open it. It's like a, a stressor, like, Oh, and, and I, you know, you're, you're trying to get something out. So you're mm-hmm. not dealing with it. Mm-hmm. You're just shoving it back in. And exactly. I realized that I needed. So I, I went back and I opened the pantry. I reorganized it. And all of a sudden, like the clarity for like, okay, now I know what food is available. Mm -hmm. And I started to see that I could organize my uh, food planning better. Mm -hmm. I could um, be more aware of what I was consuming, but it Mm -hmm. definitely had to do with, with some of that. And I think that that's something people don't pay attention to. Yeah. And and this is, this is where I'm saying, um, how how the, it has an effect on so you said a happy house is a tidy house and this is probably true but i'm not like i'm not ocd and i'm not marie kondo or anything oh so, neither am i for so sure what what i what i ra- like to people to realize is more like forget about the house and how the house feels mm. look how you feel yeah. and yeah so this is where i'm saying like okay if you have a cluttered pantry or a cluttered fridge, if it's too much in it. So one of the definitions of clutter is too much in too small of a space. That's exactly what happened in your pantry. You had too much in there. So you couldn't see the trees right. for the for the wood, you know, for the woods or the wood for the trees. And so then you already have resistance to even go there. So mm. then take out or thrive card or whatever you said right, right. it's called it. it it sounds so much easier. And this is also why I said decluttering self-love, because what you want to do is make your life a little bit easier. How can you make mm. your life easier? And if something is 
organized and you can see what you have, it's so much easier to go in there and grab that mm-hmm. and cook that. Right. And it takes less time too, you know, than if you have to go in there and you're like, and, and again, think how you, how you're feeling. Like you go mm-hmm. in there and you're like, oh my God. And you just close the door again. Yeah. And forgetting that even though you have the door closed, it mm-hmm. still has an effect on you because your subconscious knows what a mess is in there. Oh, for your sure. Your subconscious knows that there is food is in there. Dealing with it. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. And then, and then I want to just throw that in too with the financial uh, clutter. So then you spend all that money to have your pantry stuck, stocked, mm-hmm. full yep. with food. But you're ordering in from Thrivecart because mm-hmm. you don't want to go there. And then maybe that stuff expires. And then we wasted food and we wasted yep. money. And we, and in the process, <laughs> we, we freak ourselves and stress ourselves out completely. Oh, that, so- that's exactly my stressor. I will say, um, you know, I was brought up in a home in which um, my grandparents were, were uh, very blessed. Um, we had a home that, you know, we, it was a little bit more affluent than most in, in the country in El Salvador. We had a lot more than other people had. Um, so for me, it was really ingrained in me that, you know, not to be wasteful food, you know, there's people starving and, and I've, I've done a lot of work with Corinne on this, right? Because for a long time, throwing food out was such a, um, challenge for me, but you're right. Like for me, like I, I, I beat myself up and I judge myself for the waste. Mm-hmm. I, I, I have a hard time with that. Uh, you and I have a friend in common. Um, speaking of food, uh, you interviewed the terrific David Orozco. Yeah. Um, tell me a little bit about what, um, what were some of the uh, affinities that you had with David? And for those of you who haven't heard the episode um, of David on my podcast, he actually, we, we, it was one of the first interviews that Dan actually jumped on because he wanted to ask us questions mm-hmm. um, about our eating habits as a couple or something to that effect. But yeah. uh, you know him as well. What are some of the affinities that you and David Orozco have? Well, so <laughs> we were both um, on Pat Flynn's webinar mm-hmm. that he did together with Buzzsprout, who is now my podcast host yeah, because of Pat Flynn. And for some reason, like, you know, sometimes how you meet people and you don't really know anymore, but somehow we started talking with each other in the chat. Never happened to me before. We both <laughs> didn't have a podcast yet. We both said we wanted to have one and we both committed to each other to starting a podcast now and then having each other um, on, on the podcast the as a yep. guest. And so to honor all this, I actually, he was my very, very first guest on my podcast. Oh, that's terrific. And, and because of it, because it was really like this stranger that I met <laughs> during a webinar are in the chat <laughs> that's it's such, great. It's such a wild thing and so his podcast is called one small bite and I love this so much because what I say a lot is a few minutes a day keeps the chaos away or baby mm-hmm. steps and he he says one small bite so we were talking all about how little changes make mm-hmm. such a big difference you know 
Yeah, we talked about on my podcast, we talked about how a cluttered counter space, for example, Mm -hmm. can lead to weight gain or to unhealthy eating. We don't always always have to talk about weight, you know, like a lot of people always talk only about weight. It's not just weight, it's our health. Like, or am I eating healthy? And you know from Corinne Crabtree too, it's like we intend to eat healthy, we put it on a protocol, and then our brain tries to talk us out of it. And why? Because we're so stressed. So mm-hmm. him and I, we were talking a lot about that. And, and he is in, like into nutrition. He is yep. the expert there. I have no idea. I kind of know <laughs> how I need to eat healthy. Um, and, and, and I notice when I'm not eating healthy and then just go and find out, okay, what happened again? Yeah. Where, where did I lose my awareness? So there's a lot of that um, that common ground that we can change our lives from today mm-hmm. to tomorrow. We're not uncluttered from today to tomorrow. We're not eating healthy from like from eating chips and and whatever else to the next day. We're eating only broccoli. Yeah, <laughs> oh, for sure. Eat. I love broccoli, but I wouldn't want to eat it every day and all day long. So these small steps and small steps. Absolutely. And I'm a tiny habits coach. So for sure, I, I, exactly. I with that and his message, you know, when we, we met through Pat Flynn as well, who oh, I adore, <laughs> he's so terrific. Uh, David and I are part of the SPI pro community. So um, we get to chat here and there and I need to check out um, the episode with you in his podcast. I heard the yeah. one of him and yours. So I need yeah. to go check that out. It's um it's fun. It's over a year ago okay. since I was okay. on his podcast. Yeah. So so I, I will, you have to I, scroll down a bit because I, I think scroll. he, I, he, 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 his episodes are, and, and I, I started listening to him probably, it must've been right after you were on there. Um, because we started talking maybe in October, Mm. Um, no, maybe November. It was November because then he was on Last my year? show. Yeah. And he was yeah, on yeah, my yeah. show. That was way before because yeah. I started my podcast February, 2020. I think he was a little ahead of me. Yeah. So he did before. And then I was on his podcast in 2020. I would say mm-hmm. first half of 2020 was, yeah. I was probably on. He was on my show January. He was, the, I think the first show of the year or, or it was Corinne mm-hmm. and then it was David. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. And he does such great work, such great work he out there. Does. Too. He's an amazing individual. I, um, I actually was in his neck of the woods back in May. I went mm-hmm. to visit my mom and I promised him that if I came down to Georgia, I would you know, yeah. give him a ring and I did not do that, but I, I need to do so. So <laughs> how are you going to make that up to him? <laughs> I'm going to make it up somehow, you know, he will, we'll, uh, we'll have to figure it out. Um, Connie, you have, um, I noticed in, in one of the, um, on your website that you have an accountability group from chaos to peace accountability program. You want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So like I said earlier is um, like, if we wanted to know how to declutter, like even if we're talking about mental clutter, there's so much information out there, but what often happens, we notice we have the best intentions and then we're not doing it. It has some, it's also mental clutter. We're more reliable to commitments we do to other people than Mm. commitments to ourselves, which is a sad Part sometimes no like we're yep. like we have an appointment with a client or with a friend we would never want to let uh, let that person down we make sure we're on time if we have a commitment with ourselves for something that we're intending to do or intend 
not to do whatever um we kind of flake out often <laughs> And mm-hmm. so accountability sometimes just helps to get you started. It's an, um, so I offer it as a, um, it's very low price in, for you to just have somebody who holds you very lovingly. I'm, mm. I'm, <laughs> I'm not a, like, I'm not a drill sergeant, but I can be very direct. Mm. And I, I always cut right through the truth. But I, I offer that. So I check in with them once a week. If you sign up, you get an email once a week that asks you certain questions. And I expect mm-hmm. an answer back. Okay. <laughs> and, and then you can even ask a question there, but I expect an answer, uh, an answer back. So it's what, what did you intend to do? Mm-hmm. What did you actually do? Okay. <laughs> what is your biggest struggle, you know? And we intend to do a lot. Like, I don't know whether you're like me, Julie, but we have sometimes these lists, <laughs> what we all, all right. want to do. We always think we get this all in one day mm-hmm. and then we're maybe, we're not getting it done. And then when you think back, you're like, what the heck did I do all day long? <laughs> Our brain again took us in. Yeah, our brain points. goes in multiple different directions. Yeah. You know, for me, I, I <laughs> stopped. Um, I don't keep a to-do list. I set up three priorities for the day yeah. and that's it. Yeah. I cap it at three exactly. and those are the three. And, and I've, I allocate time in the morning. I call it my, my um, processing hour. I have a processing hour in the morning and I have a processing hour in the afternoon. And these are the times in which I check email. These mm-hmm. are the times in which I go through and I plan some of the things that I need to do and some of the tasks that for instance, if an email um, it's going to take me more than three minutes to answer somebody. Um, it's going to go on the processing time. So I go mm-hmm. through, I delete, I respond, and then I start to go through the emails that I needed to respond to. Um, I, I have a couple more questions because I know that we need to wrap up, but who inspires you, Connie? Brooke Castillo, totally. Corinne um, Crabtree, too. She's just as amazing. So th- there are these badass women, these yeah. badass women who completely succeed in their business mm-hmm. and are so um, honest to the outside where they're still struggling, like both of them mm-hmm. talk about um, their struggles. They, they, but they're, they're fierce, fierce and fearless leaders, kind of like they yeah. inspire these two. Um, yeah, no, totally. That's terrific. I love, I love that so much, but I will have to say that I I'm inspired by you because, you know, your journey going from having an accounting degree, moving to a new country, starting a new life, um, living this, this life that you define, right. And now mm-hmm. you're helping to, um, define, help others go and find the peace through some of the simple, small actions to take control of their life. So I'm inspired by you. That's so, you know, you're awesome. So you need to give yourself some credit for everything that you're doing. Yeah. And it's not always a walk in the park. You know, it's like Brooke Castillo <laughs> says, everything yep. is 50, 50. And sometimes the 50% that is awful lasts mm-hmm. sometimes for a whole day or for a whole week, you know, it's like, it's not, um, yep. Yeah, it's not always a walk in the park. It's not always a walk in the park, but it's worth doing. Um, For you, do you consider yourself a confident person? Um, I knew you were going to ask me that. (laughs) And I was thinking about it. 
if I'm in the good 50%, if you're in the good 50%, <laughs> I'm, if I'm in the not so good excellent 50%. answer. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, to me, confidence is, um, to be scared, to be anxious and do it anyways. It mm-hmm. always has a lot to do with courage. Yeah. So I strive to be confident and courage, courageous, but I can't always be it. And I had to learn to yeah. um, have my own back. And uh, like, if I'm in the other 50% mm-hmm. to say, okay, today is not the day I'm going to be confident. Today is the day I'm going to be under the covers. And yeah, having our own back is so important. It, it, it is one of the most important things that we can do. And I think that a lot of us um, <clears throat> haven't learned or have forgotten how to keep promises to ourselves. Yeah. And that's when we, we really... Um, create a lot of the mental anguish that we can have. But with people like you uh, being there to support others, I know that it's, it's uh, definitely something that people can overcome. Connie, how can people find you? You find me on my website. That's probably almost the best way. It's conniegraff.com, but I write my name the European way. So C-O-N-N-Y-G-R-A-F. And that's the hub. Um, for, you could also find me on Instagram. There I'm, I am, Connie Graf. Mm-hmm. Instagram is my favorite place to hang out if Yay. we talk social media. And I try not to hang out too much on social media. But if I'm hanging out, then it's on Instagram. I find Perfect. the atmosphere there <laughs> the nicest. Mm-hmm. And and of course, my podcast. So if you're not sick and tired of listening to me yet. Uh, I'm not at all. Not at all. I am so podcast. glad I discovered your show. <laughs> Um, you have made the rotation and I need all the, I actually started to listen to your latest episode because it was a short episode, but uh, my drive to the doctor was actually um, shorter than I anticipated and I didn't even get through it. So yeah, I need this week, that, this week, clutter yeah. is unmade yeah. decisions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lots of people don't realize. <laughs> That's absolutely unmade decisions. And I think that uh, we need to try to encounter them and not and stop procrastinating. So thank you for being on the show. I'm going to put all your information in the show notes and people can definitely connect with you. I am honored that you um, are here and I look to continue to collaborate because you, you are amazing and I'm so proud to know you right back at you you're so amazing as well oh, and we we kind. connected the, i think a week ago and it seems yeah. like i i, so I feel like i've known you and you're you're amazing so thank you yeah, connie thank you. graf for being here part of casa de confidence and don't forget go confidently in the direction of your dreams thank you Thanks for joining us this week on the Casa de Confidence podcast with Julie DeLuca Collins. Remember to check her out on Instagram and Facebook and always click subscribe to catch every new episode. Remember, leave a review so we can continue to bring you fresh content. And as always, go confidently in the direction of your Hi, everybody. I know that sometimes we get very lonely in this entrepreneur journey, and I want to invite you to join us into our limited time only Purposeful You Mastermind. For many of us entrepreneurs, we believe that we can do it all, but the reality is that doing it alone only creates a lot of overwhelm. So 
join us at the Purposeful You Mastermind. You can find out more information by going to bit.ly forward slash Julie's Mastermind. This is going to be the place where you are able to then unlock your full potential and achieve long-term success for your business, push you behind your current limits, expand your connections, discover new ideas, and implement them with confidence. You're going to get the support in all aspects and transforming you to the six-figure business you've been looking for. Pause and get off the hamster wheel if you've been spinning around. This is a time where you can get that support from like-minded entrepreneurs that are here to join you in your journey. Together, we can challenge the assumptions and land the speaking engagements and opportunities we want to grow our business and make an impact in the lives of people. See you then. Remember, you can find the mastermind at bit.ly, Julie's Mastermind.